You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for another spoiler-free review episode. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be hard to keep that one up today because after doing our Terminator 5-week special, we recapped all the Terminator films, including the three now that apparently don't matter. We are here to (laughs) review the one that does matter, apparently, uh, in Terminator Dark Fate. The sixth film in the franchise, the third film now in the official canon. So much happening in this movie, so much to talk about, and... (laughs) Oh, well, here we are. Um, And I'm very intrigued to talk about this one because I saw it a couple of days ago. I've been biting my tongue. I've been waiting to chat and I know Colin's just seen it and I don't actually know what has happened with him with this movie and we're about to find (laughs) out. My name is Ben and there was this one customer that came to me. He wanted solid coloured drapes in a little girl's room. I said, don't do it. You need butterflies, (laughs) polka dots, balloons. (laughs) And my name is Colin, and oh, is this movie over yet? <laughs> Colin's still at the movie. We've left him there. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Um, Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, we spent six weeks covering this franchise, finding things to be positive and be good about, the ones that people hate. You and I both praised Terminator 3 as being underrated. We were so-so on Salvation. We ripped into Genesis. But I don't know. Genesis tried something new. Uh, <laughs> 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 how, how can a movie make Genesis almost be decent? I don't understand. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I did not like this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think what's really going to be so hard is that the spoiler-free aspect of this is that I knew this movie was going to be shit within the first minute when they basically took a dump over the entire mm-hmm. timeline of the first two movies. So, yeah. Terminator Dark Fate, Colin. <sighs> well, okay, I'm just going to say, there are some things in this movie I did enjoy. I think the last half hour, there's some fun stuff in there. But, man, is it exhausting to get to the fun stuff. And not like one of these movies where it's exhausting, like what you would expect from a Michael Bay movie. Oh, it's exhausting because it's just nonstop explosion. This is literally like an hour and a half of people talking about nothing in the most boring environments before we get anything interesting. And you said it perfectly. Like, there is nothing fresh or new in this movie. It's not... In a weird way, it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's so plain and ordinary and lazy. Um, and I completely agree with you. Like, uh, I'll, I'll try as much as possible to avoid the spoilers. Well, I will avoid spoilers, but I'll try as much as possible to articulate how many different areas this movie makes Terminator 1 and 2 worse <laughs> without actually giving away spoilers because it's, it's just it, it's it's a it's an unnecessary reboot like there are unnecessary sequels this is like an unnecessary reboot I mean it's not even I, I find it hard to even call this a sequel as ever like oh it's the true sequel to Terminator 2 it does pretty much just wipe Terminator 2 you know off the slate and then start something completely new that is in no way new it's just Oh, uh, this is uh, this is also going to sound weird. This makes me like The Force Awakens a little more too, yeah. <laughs> because they're very similar in that they're just carbon copies of what we've seen before. But 
at least the force awakens is a carbon copy with a little bit of heart and some fun to it this is just imagine if we just remade terminator one and two as one movie without any of the interesting stuff in it i think we discovered through all these sequels that we covered that you know, at the end of the day, the, the groundwork for every Terminator film is the same. So it could be argued, do we need a franchise? Because the original Terminator movie is a fairly simple concept and it's a cool concept. And you could have just had it one and it, that's it. You don't need these. But of course, you're going to milk it because it's it's interesting. You can explore it a little bit. But I, for one, definitely appreciate Terminator 3 even more than I did. Oh, yeah. And you and I were fans of that film. And I think that the continuity of that... That makes sense. I think it kind of works so much more than this because, yeah, this is just this trend now in Hollywood that if we're going to be nostalgic and create a new sequel or reboot or something connected to a previous franchise, that we have to set our own way of doing it where it can be completely new. And, okay, I understand that. Yes, as I just said, pretty much all Terminator films at this point have been recycled. So the big selling point for this was, oh, it's new, it's fresh. But it's not. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And they, they do everything the same with that whole aspect of shitting all over the first two, particularly T2. To turn around and say this is the true sequel to T2, within within 60 seconds of this movie starting, they're basically like, ah, oh, forget about T2, that's not important, we're starting our new, uh, mm-hmm. own agenda. And then you jump on a trend in Hollywood to make this more relevant to the day with a twist which I saw coming a mile away. Uh, I'm like, yeah. it's, just, it's just frustrating because it just plays into the hands of being way too obvious with an agenda-seeking turn. And it's I'm not against that aspect in Hollywood when it comes to that. It's just when it is so shoved down your throat and like, oh, my God, we're going to mm-hmm. destroy the legacy of where we're at right now to do this. And, yeah, Force Awakens, I agree with you. I'm going to say this too. Even The Last Jedi is not that bad, considering, again, you're yeah. trying something new that, mm-hmm. okay, didn't work to what maybe the fans' expectations was, and we can agree Last Jedi was a bad movie, but it's the same argument, I would say, as the Genesis argument. Genesis is not a good movie, but they no. tried something different. Like, this is why I like yeah. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I know that's kind of fallen into two years later, a year later, that people kind of think it's a rubbish movie. But as a Jurassic Park fan, I respect that John Boyega tried something so different. John Boyega? <laughs> yes, exactly, because Finn directed it. That's, uh, that's, you didn't know that about him, but there he is. He directed it. Um, but he tried something different, which has set the third Jurassic World movie up to be really exciting to me. So, yeah. yeah, there's this trend of what they're doing, but I don't think Jurassic World and The Last Jedi... I mean, Last Jedi kind of shadow over some of the legacy that Star Wars left before, but not to the extent that Terminator Dark Fate has. I I mean, between this and Toy Story 4 this year, which was a solid film until the ending, which to me shat all over everything that they did in Toy Story, why do we need to just create a new legacy that destroys the previous legacy that a franchise sets out to do. Here's the big problem with this movie, and and this is, again, remaining as spoiler-free as we can. Um, Essentially, you could tell even from the trailers, this is taking the same approach that Terminator 3 took, which is you can't prevent Judgment Day, you can only postpone it. It's inevitable. It's going to happen one way or the other. In... Rise of Machines, 
it becomes interesting to see, well, how is that going to happen? If we avoided it this way, how do how does everything fit together to make it happen? In this, it's almost like one or two lines. They just blow it off. It's like, oh, yeah, there was a judgment day. There was a bunch of – and everything's different here. It's like, well, they're still called Terminators, but it's not Skynet. It's – what are they even called? Legion in this or whatever. Genesis. But it's the exact same <laughs> – yeah. But it's the exact same future. It's just, okay, we're going to have different players there. It's going to take place a couple years in the future. The Terminators are going to be all the same. Okay, fine. If you're going to do that and just say it's inevitable, it's going to happen one way or the other, do it in a way where you're utilizing modern technology to make it more exciting. These Terminators look awful in this movie. The villain, which is essentially you know the, the idea of like the TX with a little bit more of the T-1000 in it, looks really bland and dull. And there is nothing mechanical about it. It's just like, it's just moving. I mean, Transformers looks more interesting than these Terminators look in this movie. And the idea about these, okay, is there, is there you know, a, 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 even a, a possibility that one human can save the human race? Well, again, avoiding spoilers, you know, this is sort of about, okay, well, you know, is there a person who could just rally all of mankind behind them? And what we end up getting is just sort of like, no, that's just inevitable anyways. Like, like I, I can't care about new characters in the future that I don't know. The reason John Connor worked is because you spent a movie building him up as the savior of mankind. And then he spent the next movie dealing with what a kid feels like if he's supposed to be the savior of mankind, and he clearly isn't. And then you do a third movie where it's like, I don't want to be the savior of mankind. I never wanted this future. In this movie, you're dealing with all these different characters that come from a future where this is just, yeah, this is the world we live in. Like, I don't know why none of these people can respond to what's happening. When you have these new characters, like there's the new, I guess you'd say the fill-in for John in this movie, this girl, Danny, or the fill-in for Sarah slash John in this movie, uh, the, the everyday person, they're just so, oh, this is a Terminator from the future. It's sent back to kill you. We don't know why. And then she doesn't respond at all. Like, none of the characters in this movie care about what happens in the future, and the audience can't care because you have no invested emotional interest in what happens to these people because now you've basically been told no matter what happens – it's all just going to keep resetting itself. We could, you know, uh, have new leaders. We could have new Skynet, new machines. It's all just going to happen no matter what. At least in Terminator 3, it was, well, how are we going to get there? This movie isn't how we're going to get there. It's, it's more or less Terminator 1 all over again. A machine sent back in time to try to destroy something from the future. And not just that, like, this, you know, this will be, you know, again, as spoiler-free as I can get it, this movie is so full of there's a million Terminators that have traveled back in time at all different points in history. And Sarah is essentially a Terminator hunter. She spent years hunting every time a Terminator comes back in time. Well, now you've blown this so out of proportion where it's not even meaningful that somebody is coming back in time to kill a person. It's like, oh, they apparently come back to kill everybody. Like, what's the point? Why, why as an audience do we care when now this is just the world we live in and everything, like, everything that happens in a Terminator, this formula we said happens in every Terminator movie, they boil it down to it's happening in 16 other countries right now and this just happens to be one story we're following. Like, it's meaningless. I do really appreciate that anger that's coming through your voice right now. This is exactly how I was feeling when I left the <laughs> cinema on, on Friday. But you're right. And I think another thing, too, with our new characters, um, it's 
you don't have that sense of vulnerability and connection you do yes. with the Danny character that you did with Sarah Connor in the original Terminator. And this is this is where I just struggle sometimes with Hollywood's agenda-seeking nature now to kind of go where you know it's it's we have to have a female-led movie now with action heroes and everything. And like, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But it's, it's the development of these characters and that Hollywood act like this is a new thing and we're being fresh and new by doing this. Because, again, yeah. look in 1984 at the original Terminator. It's, it's sold as Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and all this sort of stuff. But, like, you've got to look at the ability of Linda Hamilton to sell that vulnerability of Sarah Connor from the very mm-hmm. get-go of being a waitress right through to the end to, you're terminated, motherfucker. Like, it's just, you know, like everything that happens there... And we talked about this ex- to ex- extensive levels in T2 about how is she the most iconic female action heroine in the history of movies, you know, up there mm-hmm. with Sigourney Weaver in the Alien franchise. And this is done in an era of movies before it was the trend, before it was like, hey, cool, we have to have female-led movies and all this sort of stuff. And people act like this is a new thing. It's it's not. And this, I think, shows yeah. the flaws of how this can turn because I have nothing against female-led action movies, I think it's fantastic. But again, as you and I always say, don't force it down our throat. Make them interesting characters so we don't even need to look at them as a different gender. That's what the original first two Terminators did to me. And this movie... You know, Nat- what's her name? Natalia Reyes and Mackenzie Davis. Like, they're bland. Mm-hmm. They're uninteresting. Even when they try to sell the backstory of Grace, Mackenzie Davis's character, like, is there enough there for us to really care about? No. I just... Yeah. And I, I also think that we'll get to, obviously, Arnold and, and Linda, too, to talk about their roles in this movie, but there's just... There's no one interesting in this movie. I think everyone's just so bland and uninterested that what what are we connecting with here? Mm-hmm. I, and... I'm going to kind of take the same position you have, and we've discussed this in episodes that have yet to air once we get to the Star Wars sequels. This isn't an issue of, oh, you know, you have, you know, these female-led action movies, you're, you're cramming that down our throat. It's it's the way that you present it. It is what you said. It's it's the Hollywood claiming that this is something new when it isn't. And maybe it's, it's more topical now, you know, and, and more common, but... If it's more common, then you don't have to go out of your way to make a point. This is a female-led action film. Because I, I remember reading a really funny comment, you know, this is a couple months ago, where there was somebody who was making a, kind of a chauvinistic comment saying, you know, uh, oh, why are they forcing this Hollywood agenda about a female-led female-led action films down our throat? And somebody very wisely replied with the same thought I had is, the original Terminator is a female-led action film. Mm. Terminator 2 is a female-led action film. Most James Cameron movies, Aliens, Terminator, uh, female-led action film. We enjoy it when it's done right, when you're not trying to make a statement out of it. And there's one scene in this movie, and it really does boil down to just one scene. It's the same thing with The Force Awakens. One scene where you're trying to make the audience stop and say, yeah, we should give women a chance, but it's like, James Cameron was giving them a chance in 1984, and we accepted it more. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you only in one of these actors, um, and that's Mackenzie Davis. Um, I do find her character to be incredibly boring. I think that's the main issue here. Sarah Connor was a well-developed, well-written character, which is why we cared about her. It's not just, oh, you're forcing you know, an agenda or whatever. It's you're writing a character that's worth valuing. With both of these, you know, new leads, we don't value the characters because we don't know anything about them. We don't care. 
at least with Mackenzie Davis, I, I watched the trailers and I'm like, geez, this girl looks so boring. Like, I, I, I was dreading the movie just because she looked like a really boring action hero. And then there's something about, she has a natural charisma about her where I f- felt like she elevated this character to a point where I'm like, even if I didn't love this character, I'd be really interested to see what she could do in a good action movie. Because I think she has some star power to her, despite really looking like a boring action hero. I think that she had something to her. So there's something positive to say there. I couldn't disagree more. I Yeah, bland, boring. She just she just reminded me <laughs> of Brie Larson in um, Captain Marvel. I just I had nothing appealing and about her. I, I, if you remember, I can't see it. <laughs> if you remember, I said the same thing in Captain Marvel. I'm like, I agree, Brie Larson, very bland in this movie, but I am like the biggest Brie Larson fan outside of that movie where I'm like, she's got a charisma. She will be a huge movie star. Uh, let's say, at least this in, in comparison, you know, we have three new leads here. We have... Uh, Grace, you know, the human uh, cyborg, whatever you want to call her. You know, C-3PO, human-cyborg relations. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We have, um, I don't even remember her name, the, the, the new Sarah slash John, the, the human character. Danny, yeah. Uh, and then we have this Rev-9, which is the new Terminator, T-1000, wherever it is. Of those three, this villain is the worst part of the movie. He is so beyond boring. He he has no personality quirks. A Terminator is supposed to be emotionless and dry. But every other one who's come before this has brought some type of personality to it. And that's the challenge. And that's what we appreciated so much with Arnold in the first movie, with Robert Patrick in the second, with Kristana Loken in the third, yeah. is that they, they found a way with this really dry robotic delivery to give you a unique personality. The T-1000 completely different from the T-800. The TX completely different from the two prior to that. It's like this guy just, you know, showed up to work one day and just mimed actions. There is no personality there whatsoever. I agree. I completely agree. And again, like, we joked about how terrible Genesis was, but I mean, Jason Clark as kind of the hybrid, yeah. you know, what was he, a T-5000 or whatever the hell he was, um, you know, like different. Um, even with Matt Smith, kind of, you know, he had something unique there. And this is the thing, like, we can sit here and say Genesis was a bad film. Don't get me wrong. But there's elements of it. Like, I can't believe I'm ever going to utter these words, Colin Hilding, but Jai Courtney brought something <laughs> unique. Like, Amelia Clark. Like, I, I, I'm I, going to say these words, but they were better than anyone in this movie. Like, they really were. Um, Sam Worthington. <laughs> like, it just... Christian Bale's screaming. Like, just even through the bad ones. But, again, I think this elevates Terminator 3 as well because... I think one of the other key takeaways from this is just the pointlessness of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton in this movie. Like, it's just, it's, I love seeing Linda Hamilton go, don't get me wrong, I love Linda Hamilton. This woman is incredible, and I am so happy to see her in a blockbuster again. But take her out of the movie, nothing changes at all. Nothing changes at all. And Arnold Schwarzenegger... Like, you and I were worried and joking about him sitting on the patio with a beard and kind of like, what's he doing? Like, I think it was even worse. Like, I mean, God, this guy sells drapes and as, like, what? Like, it's just, he doesn't even see, like, I get it. They're trying to humanize him, but I don't want my T-800 humanized to the extent where I think he's living a happy life in the country. Like, what the hell? I um I wonder if you have the same reaction I did because uh, we can't really give away what the 
the T-800 is in this movie or what Sarah is. But I feel like that there's something in the background of both of those characters that, A, like you said, could be completely removed. It almost felt like we had two separate movies here. We had a Terminator remake involving Grace and Danny and Rev-9 or whatever. And we had what could have been an interesting follow-up, not sequel, but follow-up to Terminator 2 with Sarah and the T-800. And these two things didn't need to combine, and they don't even feel like they really mesh well together. But with the the Schwarzenegger-Linda Hamilton thing, I watched this story unfold feeling like we dropped in at the wrong time. We dropped in in the golden years where the most interesting stuff has come and gone. I want to see what happens to Sarah directly following whatever you would call it, the pre-title scene, you know, which yeah. is what sets up, you know, what's going to happen with these characters later on. And what happens with this Carl Terminator that Schwarzenegger's playing. And he explains all this background of how he got to this point about being the guy sitting on the porch, you know, uh, <laughs> installing drapes or whatever. And I actually really want to see that story. And they just, they just blow right past it with just one or two lines. And there's even a line where Sarah... You know, kind of explains like what she does. You know, you know, the, 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 this happened, and then I hunt Terminators now as a living, and I drink, and I'm like, there's a character that I wanted to see follow for all these years, and it's like we're dropping in when these two characters have just checked out of life, and these two actors have just checked out of caring. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think, um, you know, we talk about the previous films and kind of things that they did right. I, I think that's what the TV series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, did really, really well, and kind of yeah. you know, following that and. You know, because that, that is something that you do want to say. I completely agree. Um, wh- one thing, though, that I will say, and, and a huge positive, and I think this is really the one bit that everyone's praising the hell out of, even though the this scene in question shits all over the entire franchise and it's, it, it makes me so mad. Um, the DA, this is the best I've ever seen in de-aging. Like, we, we talk about that yeah. sort of oh, yeah. other movies and everything, but, like, the, the scene where we have this de-aged um, Linda Hamilton and Edward Furlong is is incredible it is like just you <laughs> cannot tell at all like i remember when you first saw rogue one like there was a lot of praise because it was kind of fairly new but then you know as time gone by you can kind of tell and it is a little bit creepy and even through some of the marvel ones it, it kind of is a little bit that way but this is just this is flawless and i mean god if this is where yeah. we're at now with it like wow um what are we going to get now in the future i i haven't seen that new will smith one where they've done that basically for the entire movie but um <laughs> yeah like i mean i'm sure you're the same this looked absolutely brilliant yeah, which made me all the more angry that we didn't get even just a subplot of what these characters were doing for the last 22 years because the technology is there to pull it off and not just have it wasted in a 60-second scene. Like, it's the more interesting story. It's the more interesting visual look. There's nothing visually exciting about this movie. It's in all very plain desert backgrounds and some dull factories. It's poorly lit and... The characters look bored. I mean, Schwarzenegger's... It's not a thing about them looking old, either. They just look bored. Like, there's no life to anybody here. The new actors you cast, they look bored. The designs for the Terminators look boring, you know? It's it's just a, a really... All the trailers were like, wow, it really doesn't look as good as we thought. Like, that's because it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> the trailers didn't lie in this case. <laughs> and I think, like, visually um, outside of that, the action... Um... <sighs> This is the thing, nothing really new. It's kind of just like, let's have another car chase and 
let's have a plane chase this time around and do this. But a problem I had with a lot of the action in this film is they just went to so unrealistic lengths with the action. Like, there's this one sequence involving a jeep that falls off a waterfall, and it's it's laughable about the outcome of that scene because, you know, it's all well and good to have an action movie where something where you're like, okay, in real life that's not going to work. Like, there's a YouTube channel there where it's called, I think, like a doctor sits down and decodes everything in Die Hard. Like, you know, John McClane should be dead right now. He's got concussion and fire punctured lungs and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's great. But, like, at the same time, you can still watch Die Hard and, you know, movie. He's going to survive all that sort of stuff. This one is just bordering on just so stupid particularly this one mm-hmm. scene. And it's not the only one. There are other ones in this movie. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's just like, why did we bother with this? And again, um, it's kind of open-ended. It's like, you know, oh, and even James Cameron said, like, oh, we're hoping to set up a new trilogy here. Um, well, I kind of feel like this is going the genesis route. They're getting a little... They're counting their chickens a little bit too yeah. quickly here. Well, okay, first I just want to say... As implausible as it was, I think at least it brought a little bit of excitement with the the Jeep waterfall scene. Like, it was something happening in the movie. Because, like, I think we get an opening scene, which is the car chase that we get in the teaser trailer, and then zero action at all. So, it woke me up. <laughs> um, what the, some of the things I did like, like, the plane sequence, I think, is really good, especially the zero-G part of it. Uh, and the final fight... It's, it's just way too quick. Like, I, I felt like, well, you're finally on to something, the way that this final fight is taking place. Because part of the problem with this movie is we don't really see Terminator. We don't see the whole man versus machine in destruction. You've designed a Terminator that, when it gets beaten up, doesn't look beaten up. It, it, it hides any type of damage or scarring or anything like that. And we finally get to a point where, you know, Schwarzenegger gets to show he's a Terminator, and all the characters are all involved at the same time. That I thought was interesting, but I, I would have rather they spent a good five minutes on that fight scene than just have it be over in a minute and a half. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, it's interesting too, because, of course, Tim Miller directed this, best known, I guess, for, for Deadpool. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting because even, like, humour in this movie, because I think, a lot of people, you know, with most movies, action movies, you got to have your quips and all this sort of stuff. You know, obviously that perfect balance in T2, there was, wasn't really any in T1, was there? Terminator 3 mm-hmm. gets ripped open for being too humorous. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, there's kind of people finding that balance. But, I mean, there's just some stuff in this, like, the trailer, uh, which you see Sarah Connor moment of, I'll be back. Like, I mean, it's just... Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be something a little bit elevated and a reason why. It's just bland when she says it in the movie. Um, You know, just the -the over-the-topness. And then, like, this is very Last Jedi in the fact that we talk about that consistency of Star Wars movies of, you know, I've got a bad feeling about this. And, of course, they did it a little bit differently because let's make BB-8 say it. (laughs) And this time around, instead of come with me if you want to live, what is it like? Come with me if you want to survive the next 30 seconds or something like that. Like, it's just, (laughs) just, oh, let's be edgy and change it up a little bit because we've been, like, as dumb as it sounds, like, I love that consistency of having a come with me if you want to live in every movie. Like, it's just just how it works. You know, the I'll be backs, okay, they're cheesily over the top, but again, you kind of get it. Like, it's the iconic line, so of course they're going to have some sort of version of it like they have in every single Terminator movie. But it's just, I don't know, like, you go out of your way to do it. I... Tim Miller, uh, is he kind of the 
Colin Trevorrow or something like that. Had one decent yeah. movie and then just produces shit afterwards. I, yeah, I mean, he's an executive producer on Sonic, and we're seeing how that's turning out. Uh, he was he was involved in Thor: The Dark World. I mean, I know he worked on one of your favourite movies, Scott Pilgrim, but I mean, he didn't direct it, obviously. So I don't know. Like, mm. it's kind of hit, one hit wonder. You know, he's a he's a visual effects guy, from what I understand, and. You know, in Deadpool, he proved that he could. I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Deadpool movie, but he proved he could do really interesting visual action. And again, there's a couple moments here, but I, I feel like it's unfortunate that you know James Cameron in developing this movie. And let's talk about James Cameron. I mean, first I love that everybody's like James Cameron's returning the franchise. We we covered this week after week. He was partially responsible for all the movies that preceded this, even if he wasn't direct. I mean, Genesis. He he more or less could have claimed a story and producing credit and just decided not to because he was smart, he probably should have done the same thing with this one. Because, like, he, he, there's nothing in this movie that's going to grab people and want them, you know, have them wanting to come back for a Terminator 7 at this point. All the other movies had something. You know, Terminator 3, say what you will about it, but, like, that ending has mm. you say, like, I want to see what happens next. Salvation, they drop one or two little things in there where you're like, ooh, that's interesting. There is no moment in this movie that sets up a sequel. And if you're going to do a bad sequel like Salvation or Genesis, give us a tease of what could happen next. And that's something, you know, that that Fallen Kingdom, like you said, did perfectly. You know, okay, you delivered a bad movie, but you have us, in a way, excited to see what the next one's going to be. There's nothing like that in here. This is almost like a one-off standalone movie that offers nothing new, that somehow does it less interesting and less exciting than the original two movies that it's just a carbon copy of. And you've wasted this director that I feel like really could have done something unique and exciting with it by delivering a script to him that has nothing going on. It's just, it's the world's most, you know, uninteresting story. I also am annoyed with the marketing of this movie, the poster. I think we even commented on this a while ago, you know, welcome to the day after Judgment Day. Like, it really oh. makes no sense now in the context of this movie. It's just, oh, look at us. We're shoving this tagline on there to remind you that this is a sequel to the one that you liked and let's ignore all the other ones. Um, but I even <laughs> do appreciate that the level of marketing, like obviously with any big blockbuster movie, you're going to have the main stars going out there talking it up and everything like that. But... It's. I watched a bunch of Arnie interviews. I think I watched a Linda Hamilton interview out there as well. Like, it's just, it's kind of awkward now to watch these and them talking up a movie. Do you, do you think they actually like this movie? No. Like, I, because that's the thing. We we saw a bunch of reviews and we kind of got a bit excited because pretty much all the reviews in the lead up to this were like, hey, this is the best sequel. It's not the best movie, but like, they've actually done something quite well here and they've done something interesting. I kind of only read a couple, saw this movie, and then I went and actually watched all the fan reaction videos and pretty much all the fan reaction videos. I don't know how this has, like, 89% fan reaction on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. or something like that because all, like, look on YouTube. All the videos are just absolutely ripping into this movie. I'm seeing here a Wall Street Journal article called Terminated Dark Fate Review, Worse Than Death. Um, yeah, no, I read that. <laughs> like, just things like that. So I, I, this is one of these ones which I'm assuming, give it a few months, it's really going to get a, more of a negative reception. Uh, because I even remember, I mean, obviously The Last Jedi came out, didn't it? And that was getting heaps of praise. And then it was yeah. a couple of months later, people were talking out the truth of it. So, oh, gosh. Like, uh, just just leave the Terminator franchise alone. I think that we've established this in the last three movies, that you can't do anything with this. It's going to be different. 
And, and you would think having James, like, I'm not the biggest James Cameron fan. I think that, you know, when he hits, he really hits. And when he misses, he really misses. But uh, if he's going to lend his name to this, you think that it would have been for something that's special and unique. And it's like even he somehow managed to miss the entire point. These movies are about technology. They're about, you know, don't go too far with technology and then working against it. That's not even a part of this movie. Like, Rise of the Machines had all these moments about, oh, there's bugs going on, and all of a sudden all these glitches and the Interact machines aren't working, and, you know, these scanners aren't working, and what's going on? And, and it ends up being just, you know, virus or whatever. And then we have Genesis where it's like, oh, it's all these, you know, AI softwares and, and integration with, with computers and all that. They were things that, that, that tied it to technology. They reminded us this is a world that could happen. This movie just drops us in, has no ties to technology other than let's put a cell phone in a chip bag. <laughs> Does that work? I don't know. And we don't even learn what is different about the future. Yeah. Uh, we have, you know, the, the stuff in Salvation about, you know, the, the hybrid, you know, can we merge a machine with a man? All these movies at least introduced an idea that tied us to the real world and reminded us that, these movies are about technology and if technology can go too far and what happens if you give too much power to machines. There's nothing in this movie like that. It, it's, it is like somebody who's 13 years old who has seen the Terminator movies for the first time, sat down and wrote fan fiction and didn't have anything interesting to add to it and missed the entire point of what these movies are supposed to be about. Yeah, completely agree. And I think... Again, going back to Genesis, even Genesis did that with technology. Like that was the, yeah. everything about it. Like it just, yeah. And and another thing too, the the music. You would think that if this is essentially a direct sequel to T two, I it was the theme only used like very briefly in minor parts in this movie. Like yeah. I, I I was expecting this to be a lot more theme heavy with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really do that with the score. Um, and just, oh gosh, um, <laughs> I just. Yeah. Oh, this has 2019 been the worst year of the decade for movies. <laughs> like it, me, it's getting there, yeah. <laughs> it really has just led, and we're going to obviously do a best of the decade, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about this year. But gosh, out of like every movie this year, like, has there been three that we've bought? Two, three that I know you and I have kind of seen a few different ones here and there, but. I'm thinking like Joker, Rocket Man, Endgame. They were maybe the three Rocket. good ones. I haven't seen it, but I'll take your word for it. Um, Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket Man was good. Um, <laughs> yeah, just this movie. This year sucks. Uh, help, help us, Rise of Skywalker. You're our only hope. <laughs> Although, having said that, apparently I'm being dragged to see Frozen 2. So... Uh, Let's not forget Shazam was a real winner. Oh, Shazam, of course. Shazam was brilliant. Um, and we also have Jumanji mm-hmm. 2 to come as well, I guess. Um, and oh, can I also just point out, I guess we're getting into our review here. I re- we really should be doing this at the end. But um, Mallory's really excited for the Little Women remake. And um, she made me watch Little Women the other night. Um, I-, I didn't know what boredom was until I'd seen the 1994 version of Little Women. Jesus Christ, that movie was a stretch. <laughs> This is your sneak preview of marriage. It's funny because I was uh, uh, well, we're gonna hear we're gonna hear in a nep- uh, and, and a nephew from my second um, <laughs> second from my nephew uh, who saw this movie with me. Um, but uh, you know, afterwards uh, they were sort of saying like, "Oh, I told him you got to watch Terminator Three now. You know, like you're gonna appreciate that movie a lot more than this." 
And I guess they kind of alternate turns. It's your turn to pick a movie, your turn to pick a movie, everybody in the family. And I was saying, yeah, so in our house, it's basically, you know, uh, Jamie says, okay, I want to show you this movie. And then you can show me whatever you want after that. And somehow we never actually get to the you can show me whatever you want after that. <laughs> it's just, oh, I've got another movie for you to watch. No, 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 it's my turn. I'm like, really? How is it always your turn? That I've instituted a rule now? Like, this is where you get to after six years of marriage or almost seven years of marriage, where the new rule is, Jamie, I'm giving this a flat 20 minutes. If I don't like it, it is gone. <laughs> and sometimes I'm generous and I'll give her 30. But, like, you're still in that phase where, like, oh, she's starting to make me watch stuff that's not so good i'm obligated to finish it trust me i told her within 20 minutes that this movie sucked um and the one thing i will say uh, the de-aging technique on christian bale is fantastic because that guy hasn't aged in 25 years like um just i I said to mallory i said i am not going to see the new little women with you no way like not in any hell am i seeing that if it's this bad um are we so we're going to hear from your nephew now before we we rate this movie Uh and then uh, one, one quick thing to add after we hear from, just elaborating on something he says. All right. But no, yeah, so my nephew, my nephew Rick here, who uh, we last heard from is Spider-Man Far From Home. Interesting thing here, as you're going to hear, uh, he's only seen one Terminator movie. It was the right one to see, but he's only seen one Terminator movie. So you're going to get a different perspective here from somebody who's not tied to the series. And then you know, I'll kind of elaborate on that afterwards. Is he the one that likes me or is that the other one? likes you because you like Spider-Man 3. Oh, so don't cool. take his opinion too seriously, people. <laughs> Here is the greatest nephew ever to come from the Hilding family, Rick, talking about uh, Dark Fate. Okay, we're here at Silver City Cinemas. Just got out of Terminator Dark Fate at St. Patel, just so people know exactly where we are in Winnipeg. Just got out of Terminator Dark Fate. I'm here with my nephew, Rick, who's been on a couple of episodes with us. Uh, last time was Spider-Man Far From Home. And you're a listener to the show, so uh, this is how you get on the show, people. Just listen to us and be related to the one of the hosts. But, uh, I don't know, you got a Terminator Dark Fate. Now, first we have to say, how many Terminator movies have you seen prior to this? Only one. Which one? Judgment Day. Okay, so you didn't even see the original, but you saw Judgment Day. I didn't see the original, but I did see Judgment Day. That's correct. Okay, so having not seen uh, several of the bad sequels they made, you're coming in fresh off the best Terminator movie. What did you think of this movie all around? Um, I think it was, I think it was good. I mean, Tim Miller, director of Deadpool, if you did not know, did a yeah. good job with it. Um, in Canada, I don't know if you noticed, but it was a 14A. Yes. I, I saw it. It should have been an 18A. Or I, at least... I don't know about that. I think th- th- this thing gets an, it gets an R rating based on language alone. There's not a lot of violence in it compared to the well, other Well, there's, there's a little bit of violence. Well, if you like, if, like, if, if you if you consider like the blood and everything else and no. like yeah, and all the naked scenes, of course. There's no, there's no naked scenes. There is. There's there like is. One don't shot. you remember? There's don't like you? one shot. Two shots. Anyways, oh. but uh, the, the, as far as the story goes, like compared to Terminator 2, the only one you've seen, what did you think of the story? Uh, I think the story was pre- was pretty basic and it was pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty basic. That's a good way to sum it up. It's, it's like the, it's like Judgment Day, but it has a lot more action scenes, basically. Yeah, well, I don't know if it has more action scenes. I think the, the last half hour has got great action in it. Oh, it does have great action. Um, I totally agree. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, still a great actor, even though he's very old. Even though he's old, yeah. People generally tend to uh, get better with age, but you're surprised by this. I am not surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised by this because I ha- again, I've only seen one Terminator movie, but now mm. I've seen two Terminator movies. Yeah. So, now, yeah. if this movie actually gets another sequel, are you going to see it? 
Oh, um, maybe. If it if the trailer looks good. Only based on the trailer, okay. <laughs> and only if Tim Miller is directing it. Only James, if James Cameron returns for producing well, it. Well, well, James, you haven't seen enough James the Cameron movies. The problem is that it took up so forever to get it right. Like, what happened? It took what, what forever to get it, it right? It took too many movies to get a good... Well, you haven't seen the other movies. What do you but mean? I've been heard from you and other people that Terminator, the last, the three Terminator movies after Judgment Day were horrible. No, no, no. I'll just say this. Terminator 3, better than this one. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You go, You know what you need to do? You gotta go home tonight. You gotta ask your parents, show me Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. It will blow you away. Well, then why did you tell me to see it before I came to this one? Because they've erased it from the continuity and this one has nothing to do with Terminator 3. It only has to do with Terminators 1 and 2. Oh, so this is basically erasing all the, the mistakes he made for Terminator 3 and 4 There's and no five. mistakes in Terminator 3. You know, well, they're, Terminator they're erasing it. In 4 and 5, yes. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, I want you to go home, you report back to me at the next review, which is going to be The Rise of Skywalker, Hopefully. what you thought of Terminator 3. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Okay. Thank you for being on the show again. Oh, well, thank you for taking me, and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for finding me when I was lost. Yeah. <laughs> you get lost. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know if it was funny or not. Um. <laughs> okay, so a couple things to kind of get your opinion on that we sort of discussed there. <laughs> um, first of all, they heavily promote this movie as it's R-rated. It's R-rated. We're getting back to an R-rating. This thing achieves an R-rating on language alone because sure. it's so tame in terms of violence. There's one final shot where the arm and skin starts getting pulled back from a Terminator that reminded me how the original movies got those R ratings from, like, a little bit of, like, not not gore in terms of like just blood and guts, but it's like, ooh, that's really disturbing to look at. You don't have any of that in this movie. As my nephew said there, you get some nudity. You get one butt shot in the entire movie, which, by the way, the movies that did PG-13 ratings did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Is the R rating just a marketing ploy in this movie? Like, we're going to get more people in because they want to see an R-rated Terminator, which, by the way, if you look at the box office, didn't work. Because um, this is the tamest R rating I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I completely forgot to bring that up. I agree, because that was... I mean, they say the F-bomb plenty of times, and it cool, edgy, ooh... But I mean, like, I mean, we just saw that with Joker, that kind of, that was disturbing and violent enough that you can see it warranted its R rating. So, and I mean, Tim Miller's used to Deadpool and like dead. I mean, how yeah. there was graphic violence in Deadpool. So like, it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting because I, I, a lot of that marketing has come around with like Linda Hamilton. They're like, oh, it's so good that we're back to an R rating. Like, so what? Because you can drop the F-bomb now? Like, ooh, edgy. Uh, I mean, they, they just they, that half the time it, too. It does. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Awkward pause. Um, so, I mean, is, is your nephew even over 18? No, well, see, that's the other thing is that um, it, we weren't sure if he'd be able to go with me. He wanted to see this. He owed me a movie because I paid for him for Spider-Man. Or I should say he never paid me back for Spider-Man. So <laughs> it's just been our time until, you know, he could pay for me for a movie, which somehow I still bought the tickets for this and uh, I got reimbursed. But... Um, uh, this thing's R-rated in the States. Now, that Canada has a different rating system because R-rating in Canada is over 18. You have to be over 18 to get in, whereas in America, if you're under 18, you just have to be with an adult. So we have kind of a split R-rating here. There's R-rating where nobody under 18 gets in, um, and then there's R-rating where if you're between the ages of 14 and 17, you can get in with an adult. 
In Canada, this got a 14A, which is the equivalent of a PG-13. So again, just illustrating how tame this is as an R rating. In Canada, we had the choice of two R ratings to give this, and the Canadian ratings board gave it the equivalent of a PG-13. So and there was no the Canadians, the that. nice ones. So yeah, like, oh, hey, no, they yeah. said the F word a couple of times. It's okay. Um, that's basically it. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's very similar. I don't know about New Zealand. I don't really pay attention to the ratings here. But uh, in yeah, in Australia, it's very similar. We have MA, which is you know fifteen plus, but you can still go in with an um an adult. And R is you know restricted eighteen plus. Like you've got to be eighteen. Mm. So yeah, very very similar thing. And I, I mean, I think this only got MA in Australia, so that would make sense. But um, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Um, so clearly we're both buying this movie, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I do want to say a bit of a disclaimer on this. We're picking it apart because it's a disappointing sequel because it didn't live up to what they kept promoting it as. But it's still not – I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's just uninteresting. And I wouldn't be opposed to giving this a second shot, you know, to see if it improves. I mean, I, I've had – you know, the reaction with Salvation, where I saw it the first time and loved the movie and saw it a second time and said, oh, I kind of see the complaints now. And then Genesis, where I just hated it the first time and hated it more the second time. I mean, I'd be willing to give this another shot, you know, just to see if it improves in any way. So I personally would almost feel like, you know, there's some rent-worthy stuff in here, but, like, I can't see an audience for this movie. I feel like if they went for the route of a reboot, this is so uninteresting that that even people who are opposed to cheap 1984 technology will find more enjoyment out of the original Terminator. And those who are diehard Terminator fans are not going to be thrilled by this in any way. So I feel like no matter who the audience member is going into this, if you're me and Ben who, you know, grown up on the Terminator movies, or you're my nephew who I think, as he said in there, it's like, it was, it was average. It was okay. It was average or whatever. Uh, And you're not even like tied to the Terminator series. It's kind of scary worthy one way or the other like this is a bin movie because i don't see any reason my sister picked up my nephew at the end of this and i'm like oh you guys going to see this she was oh yeah we want to see it it's like oh is it worth paying to see or should we just wait until it's you know on video or on demand or something and i'm like ah, i think it's okay to wait you know and she's massive terminator fan like bigger terminator fan than you and i combined like that's her series and she's like oh okay well i'll probably just wait like she trusted my opinion enough and that's sort of what i would say like there's no reason to go out of your way to see this movie even if you're a massive terminator fan it's okay to skip this one it's probably not okay to skip genesis it's okay to skip this yeah i'm bidding it um it's just uh, like, I see your point. Like, you know, there is some stuff in there that, uh, you know, it wasn't like The Lion King where I just wanted to walk out of it. Um, but, yeah, I think just the fact that it can just piss you off within a minute of shitting all over the legacy. And, like, this is one that, I, you know, one day if we ever do a recap of it, it would be interesting so we can finally rant and rave fully about the spoiler section because, yeah, that's that's the hardest thing about this episode is not fully being able to rant about the, the spoilers in it. But, um yeah, I also don't have the energy to do a separate spoiler episode like we did with Fallen King. You know, we, we, we went into Fallen King and go, nah, we won't need to do a spoiler episode of that, and we did. Um, yeah, well, I just I just don't have the energy. I'm sorry. Um, 
so yeah, that's our Terminator. We spent a whole year doing these together, and here we are. Just all like, oh god, the rise of Skywalker. We're looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, the Star Wars movies are out at the moment on the Oz Network. Where we've just dropped Solo. We'll be dropping Rogue One for you next week. Um, and of course, movie reviews, as I mentioned, a few more of the year. Rise of Skywalker is a big one. That one will be a spoiler and a spoiler-free episode done on that one. Um, I I think. Uh, I'll probably do Frozen 2 with Mallory. I'm sure you're lining up to get your tickets for Frozen 2. Um, I might uh, might be seeing it. Jamie loves it. Jum- I haven't seen the first one yet, so I have to watch that one first. Yay. Um, there's Jumanji, the, the, well, the third Jumanji, which it's one of these ones where it's kind of like the second one. I was like, oh, God, why do they bother? And that was actually pleasantly good. So um, hopefully we can get that with the third one. Is, are there any other movies that I, I'm missing here? I, 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 this, oh, yeah. There's a very big one. I can't believe that you always miss. What are, Ford what versus Ferrari? Oh, of course. Ford versus, that's only a few weeks away. Of course, yes, we'll be seeing that one. Yeah. And um, Mallory and I might also go see Jojo Rabbit just because it's, uh, it's a big deal here mm-hmm. at the moment in New Zealand and it's obviously got a lot of good reviews and, um, you know, we know the, the backstory of uh, Mr. I can never say his name, Wakatiti or whatever his name is. So, um, yeah, uh, that could be on the agenda too because it, it's getting some great buzz here in its homeland. So it would be something as well interesting to add. But we might be seeing that at Oscar time. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, All guaranteed. A few months away from that. So, What's this yeah. competition, Dark Fate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Academy Award uh, nominees for Best Picture are Terminator Dark Fate, The Lion King, uh, Men in Black International. Uh, oh, God, I remember that one. Yeah, anyway, um, thanks for listening to the Oz Network. Uh, it's funny because our good friend, Billy Garcia, hashtag bring back Billy, uh, does his usual, goes and see it and puts a spoiler-free review, and he, he seemed quite taken aback. He enjoyed it, and I was yeah. so tempted to comment on his thing, and I'm like, no, don't. <laughs> like, you know, I, It would have been interesting to have Billy on this episode. It's a trick. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. B- Billy works for... Billy's a Terminator. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we've discovered it. Um, yeah, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, um, leave us some feedback on all our podcast channels, and don't go see Terminator Dark Fate. It's shit. Uh, my my name is Ben, and uh, Terminator won't be back. I don't know. Who gives a shit? There's nothing really quotable in this movie. Move on. Uh, and my name is Colin, and like they used to say in the good old days, chill out, dickwad. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.